folks chris mclean back with another episode of the show and in the studio today i've got scott from reef digital and their digital marketing agency who help marketing managers at medium to large organizations drive growth and improve the performance of the campaigns through their conversion journey marketing service they operate across paid and organic channels such as google and microsoft ads social media advertising seo content marketing messaging and direct response copywriting scott thanks so much for dropping by sounds like there's not much that you don't do uh, hey Chris, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Um, yeah, there's, there's actually quite a bit that we we don't do. Um, so we're like, what, I guess what people refer to as a performance um, agency. So we don't really get involved with like brand storytelling and things like that, or like a video production and, and, and stuff. Um, we do uh, create, uh, we do have capabilities for ad creative, um, but yeah, we're more on the uh, direct response um side of things um but uh, in the same vein we do cover the full customer journey um from uh, awareness all the way through to uh conversion and uh, we do email as well um so that okay. from from the point of um generating that first touch point with uh, the target audience and then nurturing them all the way through to the point of conversion that's kind of where we sit and use the most yeah. appropriate channels to do it yeah Awesome. So what, what got you started with, I guess, that that aspect, that sort of more direct response all the way through? What got you started with that? Did you come out of agency or was this something you just sort of decided to start one day? How did sort of Reef get started? Um, so I didn't actually start Reef. I joined Reef in 2015. Um, prior yeah. to that, I was with an agency in the UK for uh, five years. And then um, right. three years prior to that, I was um, sort of building and launching my own uh, websites and teaching myself the the craft if you like um, but uh, moving to Australia has always been a, a lifelong dream and um, I was at the at the time in the uh, UK and after being with the agency for uh, five years an opportunity presented itself to uh, to come to Australia so yeah kind of grabbed it with both hands and have been with Reef ever since uh, for the past uh, coming up seven years this month actually. Okay so did you did you start in the role that you're in now or did you sort of move up through the business into the role, that, the ownership role? Um, I've started um, with Reef in the role that I'm in now. Um, okay. But uh, when I first got into digital, yeah, I was on the tools, started at the, the bottom and um, kind of got experience of uh, yeah. lucky enough to um, sort of operate in all the different channels, really. I spent quite a bit of time in uh, SEO and organic and content, um, and then uh, spent quite a bit of time in paid and paid social and Google ads. So, yeah, I've got um, quite a, a spectrum, and I guess that supported mm. me in uh, then progressing from that to elevate into more sort of strategy and then eventually kind of running the business with the founders, with the directors. Yeah, cool. How, how did you find that transition? Because that's always super interesting for somebody that sort of starts on the tools and then either founds an agency or joins an agency in a more management leadership role. And now you've got this whole other skill set of management and leadership and business principles and finance and all this other stuff that you're suddenly now responsible for. How did you sort of prepare for that? And did that come quite naturally? And how did you sort of evolve into that? more uh, sort of business leader role 
Yeah, sure. Um, I guess it's probably a combination. Um, by the time I'd kind of reached this point, um, I'd start. I'd been running my own e-commerce business on the side as well for the past sort of yeah. six, seven years. So, some yeah. of the skills in um, sort of business operations and finance mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, I'd, I'd sort of taught from there. But um, other than that, it was kind of just a natural progression, really. Um, one of the key, I guess, one of the key um, milestone things to that that really um, helped to uh, develop some skills in in this area um, is learning more about business operating systems. So pr- people have probably heard mm-hmm. of the books like Scaling Up and Traction and that kind of stuff. So um, mm-hmm. learning those and then deploying those uh, with the leadership team in the business and um, rolling stuff out throughout the company. And uh, in addition to uh, learning more about like leading the team and stuff um that's probably one of the biggest sort of turning points in, in skills development mm. and then just continuous learning really so that's something that i'm really passionate about to never yeah. stop learning and developing mm-hmm. yeah i think that that's a key trait of of any leader but particularly good leaders that always willing to learn something else and sort of be a, a perpetual perpetual student um of the art of whatever that that's next that next skill that you need to get right and i like how you're talking about your journey that you're sort of searching for that next skill and that next skill in you um sounds like you're quite capable of going and finding a resource absorbing some information but then actually executing and and practicing that thing until it becomes a a skill set rather than a, a lot of people can end up just in that education cycle of reading 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 watching youtube videos learning and never actually executing that and deploying it so that becomes something that they're capable of doing um do you think that was quite natural for you is that just kind of how you always operated or did you see that you you needed to do that in order to thrive in in that role yeah so in the initial like in in the early days it's kind of because there's so much to learn um with digital marketing it's like you're trying to drink from a fire hose there's just so much information and (laughs) you've not really got the uh you've not you've not really got enough knowledge to kind of join the dots so you, you kind of yeah. learn taking all these different pieces of, of the, the the puzzle if you like and you're not quite sure where they all fit together so at that point you're sort of consuming 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 but like you say chris it's that, that what the key point is that you're executing as well so i've always had um as well as being no matter what role i've had in agency side i've always had my own um websites and, and business on on like separately as well um so anything that i'm learning that um might be a little bit too risky or experimental but from a client to to practice on like a client's site i can do that kind of stuff on my own um site so a recommendation i guess to uh to anyone is um always have something um of your own as well uh outside of of your agency life so that you can um sort of put skills into practice and always be be learning too and then as that um as you sort of get more experienced and um and, and develop skills more then you get to the point where or at least in my experience where um like you say you've uh, you, you kind of know ex- you, you know what area um of skills development you need to kind of fill a, a gap so then nowadays i'm a lot more selective as to what i need at, at, at the right time but it, the learning never stops so it's it's a continuous process mm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, is that sort of sandbox idea of having a, a side hustle or a, a sort of a, a sandbox sort of thing over here that you can trial and test mm. that stuff where it's not going to break client accounts <laughs> or spend all their Google budget or get get you into too much trouble other than, other than your own money, perhaps. But 
you got it sounds like a really good way to learn to have that sort of side thing where you can you, if you're a google ads agency you can run and test some new some new ad strategies or test out ios 14 and see how the new tracking works and that kind of thing kind of in a um a, a safer space perhaps i think that's yeah a, exactly a, a really and then when you when you've when you've um, got something, when you found something that that works, you can then go to a client with confidence to say, um, oh, "Here's what I think we should do. Here's why." And mm. you know, I've tried this, and here was the sort of outcome. I think it can work really well for you. So you've got, um, you can mm. speak with a lot more conviction and confidence, um, and minimise the risk for them. So, um, yeah, hundred uh, percent recommend that um, anyone mm. in, in in marketing has like a sandbox as well to uh, to test stuff with. Mm. Yeah, I think you touched on a really important thing there is having that confidence and conviction. Those are two big words, but two massive pieces for us as agency owners, as leaders, as people, as and as salespeople, we're trying to sell this stuff essentially and do this stuff for clients. When you're confident and you have that conviction of, look, I, I know this works. I've tested it. Here's the formula. Every time I do this, I put X in and I get Y result. So there's no reason you put 10X in, I'm going to get 10Y out the back. I'm super confident with that. Do you find like because you have that conviction, it's much easier to essentially sell that because you're coming from a place of I know this works, I know I'm going to get you the result rather than I think a lot of maybe sort of earlier agencies or where you're trying to adopt new things, perhaps you're trying to add on Facebook ads because you you've heard everyone else is winning with it but you don't really know how to do it and you're kind of trying to sell it without having that conviction i think those are two very different kind of selling ways to sell really always to sort of position yourself conviction versus not really sure about this did you find that sort of follows through to that sales and marketing piece um, yeah, it certainly can do. Um, I mean, on the flip side of that, um, one of our core values is test and learn, actually. So um, on the flip side of that, we, we've got a, we do like to work with clients who have that test and learn mindset too, because that's, that, that, well, I guess in, as the name implies you, that, that's where the learnings come from. But it, it's got to be approached the right way. It's not just like, um, oh, let, let, let's try this cool thing because it's hot right now and yeah, not yeah. really have any kind of structure to it, just kind of throw it out there and, and see what happens. It's um, it's like, okay, here's our hypothesis. Um, we expect that um, if we uh, add in um, this certain type of email sequence um, to anybody that's uh, downloaded the, the lead magnet but not yet converted, um, we believe that doing it this way um, is going to increase conversion rates by 10%, for example. So that's our, mm -hmm. what we expect to happen. And then it's like, how long are we going to run this experiment for? Um, so to how, how long do we think we need to run it for in order to get not necessarily statistical significance because that's not always mm. possible but as close you know as, as close to uh to that as we can um where we mm. can make a call and say yes this worked this is what happened um it kind of uh, confirmed or or more or less confirmed our, our hypothesis let's keep it running or yeah. no it didn't work what did we learn from it here's why we think it didn't and here based on this um we're sort of closer to uh something that we think will work and where do we go next with it and what's our mm. next hypothesis and that's a, the sort of test and learn framework mm. i guess yeah yeah I, I love that and i think that's super super important for building campaigns and, and building client accounts but for a lot of, for maybe again sort of newer people or agencies coming through that are kind of that, that can be a bit scary like having had having that conversation with the client and kind of setting it up that way that hey we're 
we're going to run an experiment. Client goes, experiment, hang on. That, that, that sounds like you're going to burn my money or you don't know what you're doing. How do you approach that conversation of, obviously that's a winning, it's a, a process that's going to get them a result or learning <laughs> that can be a bit of, how, how do you handle that, literally that conversation with the client to give them the confidence that this is going to give them some sort of a positive outcome, whether it works or not? Um, everything's focused around the, what we call a critical number. Um, so out of all the different metrics that you could track and that you do track at, at different stages throughout the the customer journey um there's going to be one overarching metric that's the most important one to move so that's the and, and to in, improve so that's kind of like your guiding light um to everything that you do and um what we when we and I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back onto the sort of where this test on them fits in in the moment um say okay uh benchmark here's where we are um, and where is it that we're trying to get to? All right, so here's where we are and here's sort of the goal um, to improve this this metric. And then what's the gap between where we are now and where we need to be? Because if you if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always had. So it's not, um, when we say experimenting and test and learn, it's not just sort of trying stuff for the sake of it. It's trying stuff with a purpose to, um, with the intention of moving this number and making the needle move. So it's, okay, here's what we did, uh, say last quarter, and here's where we are as a result of that. So here's the gap. What do we need to do in order to close that gap? And I think we need to try um, this, this, and this. And if we do these things, this is what we expect to happen. So it, it's more, um, rather than just experimenting for experiment's sake, it's um, testing and learning, um, but with a structure and, and to move uh, move us closer to the goal and, and close that gap, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's a, it kind of puts it in that business context of here's a result that we're trying to get to. And as the experts, we believe from all of our our years of insights and understanding and how this stuff works that doing these moving these three levers is going to get us there um, it puts it much more in a yeah a business context of here's a result here's some pretty structured ideas or like good 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 hypothesis like it's a hypothesis but it comes from like we know what we're doing and we believe if we do these things we're going to get some kind of a result or at least this is what's needed to get you to close that that gap in the business. Um, yeah, so that's that, that, that puts some nice context around it. Yeah, it's an informed hypothesis. Um, so yeah. you, you're going to look at your data. You're going to look at, um, like, take draw from your own experience as well, and then based on the data, the learnings that you've had so far, and your own experience, it's okay. Here's where I think we need to go next, mm. and so let's let's set this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that informed hypothesis idea. Yeah, super, super important because in digital, that that is a lot. That is how you grow businesses. You sort of have to move with the times. You have to shift. It's always kind of a shifting target. But if you can keep it, like I said, keep that eye on. Here's the thing we're trying to do. Here's the gap, and here's some measures we believe are going to get us there. Um, mm. I think that's a, a fairly risk averse way to get there. Right? It's, it's yeah. there's a, a, a little bit of risk, but it's pretty risk averse because you you know. You believe that those things are going to get, and most of the time, you you're more likely to be correct than not if you if you really know what you're doing. 
as, as long as you're learning from it and ba- and mm-hmm. making your next steps based on the learnings because like i mean the channels might change well channels do change um yes. you know platforms change targeting changes the access to data change all that stuff changes but what doesn't really change uh, too much is um the the sort of funnel and the the process that people mm-hmm. go through you've got to have you've got to be active in the awareness piece you've, you've got to make sure um you're reaching the right people with the right message and regardless of what what the most appropriate channels for those are um if you're not doing that then you know no one's coming into your funnel and then most people i think that like a on the short end if you're buying a pair of socks you've uh, buy and they might be very short and you might move through those stages very quickly um Mm -hmm. but on the like for um say b2b uh SaaS type of um products the sales cycle might be quite long Mm -hmm. so then you need um a bit more of the nurturing piece as well as the awareness so um Mm -hmm. you know doing from like retargeting and emails and, and that kind of thing to keep the person engaged um throughout uh their their sort of the average sort of buyer cycle length that people go through before they actually convert and how many yeah. times they need to uh, be engaged and with what messaging and then from the point of conversion then are they having a good experience so th- those kind of underlying fundamentals um mm-hmm. are sort of the same if you've got a good idea of your buyer's journey length and you can match your nurturing to that and you've got your awareness going and then you make sure that uh, the website's optimized for conversion as well um do those things well and keep refining those skills and optimizing the funnel and uh, you know channels and stuff can change but um that those are fundamentals seem to remain pretty constant Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, and, and that—that's what you refer to as your your conversion journey marketing service. Is that something you sort of pack, packaged up as this? This is a, almost like a, a signature system type process. Of this is we have this conversion journey marketing service, and that—that's what you're talking about. Understanding that entire journey, what parts of the funnel need to be more optimized than others. Understanding where, as you said, like where's the drop off? Well, where, where are the in points? Where are the out points? Where are people dropping off? Where do they need more help? Um, is is that that being something that's been developed around um, putting some process and structure around that? that exactly, yeah. Um, so when we first started off, like years ago, um, kind of started off just in search um, initially, like Google Ads mm-hmm. and SEO, um, mm-hmm. and then as uh, SEO sort of evolved from the more technical, like it was very sort of heavily technical back in the day, and then as it evolved mm-hmm. um, more from uh, from that into more sort of uh brand focus like where content marketing came into play quite a bit and uh, building up um the sort of strength of, of the brand we added content to our uh, repertoire to our seo service and digital pr services as well to generate the right kinds of links and, and exposure to uh to, to, to sort of round off the seo service and keep it um mm-hmm. sort of safe and white white hat and then at the same time as um the uh, uh, as the organic service was developing and um, sort of paid social was was also kind of coming into play so we added paid social to the mix um which was uh, not just for direct response because with paid social you can you, you can uh, communicate with uh, your target audience throughout um that whole funnel that i described earlier um with the right message at, at the right time um and also promote the content that you were producing from the seo so it all kind of ties together um and then as sort of uh, the industry uh, kind of developed um more and more agencies started offering sort of like the same sort of channel uh, mix and, and kind of services so and um, then it was okay how can we um differentiate ourselves um from from 
like a, a commodity service based um, style of, uh, of sort of um, uh, positioning to something that kind of pulls all this stuff together um, into uh, like instead of looking at it in like a channel specific way, kind of zoom up a little bit and look at it in a more strategic manner where you can pull all this stuff together um, into a more holistic solution. And that's where conversion journey marketing uh, originated from, um, where we take a lot more, we get a lot more involved in um, the messaging that uh, and, and the copywriting that, that and the messages people are shown at, at each stage and then matching the nurturing to the buyer's uh, journey and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's that was sort of our evolution, if you like. Yeah, yeah. I love a good evolution story and that that, that ability to be strategic um, sort of often comes from kind of a long time spent kind of doing the work and doing the stuff down here, as you said, doing all of those pieces and going, hang on, there's a, there's a bigger piece here where we can you know, restructure this and put that into, as said, more, more of a, an offer piece where now, like we're the only people that do this process, we're the only people that can do this kind of signature system, this offer that we're putting together. Um, so I think that's very, very smart and it gives you that something distinct and different to go and talk to prospects about. Um, so yeah, su super valuable too. If you can find that thing in your business of how can we take what we're doing and kind of shift it into something bigger, exciting, kind of more, um, less commoditized and more of a, of a an offer base. I think that's a, a great. Point. Yeah, I think um, the one of the I guess keys to like um, the evolution is just making sure that you're kind of really listening to what your your clients are telling you, and they're sort of and not just clients but prospects as new prospects mm -hmm. as well, and sort of the the evolution of I guess the problems and needs um, at the same time as you you working on your own service and then looking at sort of what's happening in the market and actually just dedicating time each week to to do that to speak to people new people and, and existing people and um blocking time out on your calendar to sort of just have a look around at the markets because if, if you just sort of um living within your four walls so to speak you're a bit too in the weeds and you you mm. won't um you won't be able to as easily spot the trends as if you're out there speaking to people and um making dedicated time to have a look what's what's going on and then trying to adapt your service accordingly to get in front of any kind of perceived trends that you see yeah yeah Love it. Got to have you. Got to have feedback, right? And the best feedback comes from your customers and and your prospects and people that are looking for the things that you provide. So, yeah, I think that's a a real, real, really good tip for the people out there that are trying to validate this stuff. We'll sort of work out what I that go, next step is. I go one further and say it's not. It's a feedback system um, as well, mm. rather than just making a point of collecting feedback you probably have to systematize it um yeah. as with with pretty much most stuff really in in business but okay if we're going to get feedback um let's actually make this into a process so that it happens on a regular basis and there's people mm. accountable for providing it and what we and then what we do with that feedback and how that informs product development and that kind of stuff so that would be a yeah. i guess a something that i'd like to add to that yeah mm. yeah love it Love it. The more you can systemize that stuff, if you systemize it, it gets done more often than, than not, right? So if you put some sort of structure and system to at least that stuff's getting done more regularly than if you just leave it up to, I'll, I'll remember to do that. <laughs> you forget <laughs> for six months and then it's a bit sporadic. So yeah. Yeah. It gets Definitely done and it right scales as well because then as it mm. grows and you might not be, you, it, you the, the business might grow to a point where um, what used to be 
your job you're you know you you've got other critical tasks that need your attention mm -hmm. so if you've got it systematized you can train somebody else to follow the system and then you know you can delegate and elevate to your your next development thing then yeah awesome man. yeah yeah absolutely um yeah systemizing and being able to delegate and take the work out as you as you move up, I think that's another key thing of, of being a leader in an agency. And so, going, okay, what do I actually need to be doing on a daily basis, and what's all the stuff that is no longer best for me to be doing? And let's get let's delegate that and get some other people in. And yeah, as I said, the only way to do that is to have it systematized and have SOPs and structure around that, so you can pass it on. Um, so many, so many points. I'm sure we could probably talk for the next 45 minutes and uh, <laughs> pick your brain yeah. even further. Um, but in the interest of wrapping up, just super appreciate you dropping by. There's been a lot of really, really, really good details um, and tips and strategies for folks sort of at, at all parts of that process, whether they're looking to how do we create something that's a bit more differentiated in the market to how do I shift into more of a management leadership type position? What do I need to do? What do I need to learn? What are the, What's that next piece that I need to get my brain around in order to do my job better all the way through to delegation and systemization covered a lot of stuff um today so appreciate you dropping by and sharing all of that knowledge um if people do want to reach out and get connected with you scott where are some of the best places for them to do that um probably best place is linkedin um i do have an instagram profile but i'm not very active on it to to be honest but um yeah if, uh, uh, if you want to follow me or connect on linkedin um that'd be great yeah always keen to connect with others in the industry fantastic i'll drop those links in the show notes as always scott thank you mate thanks for dropping by so we could probably just keep chatting for another another hour <laughs> or so um re really really insightful um you've obviously got a, a good heritage and history of, of doing this stuff and you're you're a, a sound like you're a really good practitioner at doing the right things in your business to create growth and um yeah appreciate you dropping all of the insights and, and sharing your knowledge with us on the show today cheers chris yeah thanks for uh, inviting me on my pleasure mate thank you for swinging by thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one cheers